Welcome to the new Cyber Frontier, bringing you the latest news and initiatives that focus on the development of cybersecurity economics. You don't have to be a computer or cybersecurity expert to get plugged in. Your host brings it straightforward, asks the tough questions, and brings the cyber world to a level of understanding for everyone. You can find us on the web at www.newcyberfrontier.com. Now join our host as he introduces the topic for today's New Cyber Frontier. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the New Cyber Frontier. My name is Sean Murray. We have a special guest today, uh, Dr. Pat Laverty, who is the President and Chief Operations Officer at Synapp, uh, a local cybersecurity company uh, started up here a couple years ago. Uh, he's also the cybersecurity lead uh, for the GPS Engineering and Integrations Program for the U.S. Air Force. Pat, welcome to the program. Hey, thanks there, Dr. Murray. It's good to be with you. Yeah, you too. So, you know, we've been traveling around the same circles now for decades. And, you know, us us old guys have seen a lot of things. And, and you know, we, we tighten our jaw so much that it aches sometimes. But... Uh, <laughs> You know, we've seen a, a lot of transition, uh, a lot of new things, and, you know, you've got a, a, a different perspective on things based on what you've worked on, you know, government side, academia, you're a professional academic as well for several yes. years at a local university. Um, so, you know, today's discussion is going to hit on a lot of those different things and, and sharing our perspectives of those things that we've learned along the way, um, you know, get your your intel on, on, you know, what we should be doing, what should we be focusing on? Some things are, are the same old things. Some are new approaches that, you know, if we want to stay current, valid, and um, uh, credible, we need to change the way that we're doing things. What I'd like to do is, is start off by, you know, having you give us a little bit about your background. What have you been doing the last several years? How, how'd you get started here? Yeah, Sean. So I am retired Air Force. So I spent 21 years in the Air Force, retired as a major. I was uh, prior enlisted as a data systems analyst for about 10 years, uh, switched over, went through officer training school and became a communications officer. Okay. So um, spent some time in combat communications. So in the 5th Combat Communications Group down in Georgia, uh, several other assignments but really culminated up here at Cheyenne Mountain. So I spent two years up at Cheyenne Mountain um, as the network systems flight commander. Fell in love with Colorado, left for one more assignment back in Alabama for about nine months, and then quickly got back here. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, and then uh, and then once I got back here, <clears throat> kind of got lucky and fell into what was then, of course, called uh, information assurance job. Um, uh, someone had lost a job because they couldn't get along with the customer. And uh, so uh, they said, hey, you seem like a nice guy. Can you? <laughs> so I so I went in and kind of kind of lucked into the job because on my resume I'd done a little bit of information assurance up at Cheyenne Mountain and all. Right. And, um, so anyway, I uh, have fell into the uh, GPS, the Global Positioning Systems uh, Engineering and Integration Cyber, and uh, started with a, a company here in town, Bocor, outstanding company, uh, really outstanding. Um, that have kind of serving as the model for my company now. Um, unfortunately, they were a sub on an effort that we lost after a year. Um, SAIC, big company came in, offered me a position as the lead, and I've been doing that ever since for multiple companies as the work 
has transitioned. Yeah, and and you know when we talk about defense industrial bases, government contractors, you know you you you're you're hunting your own dinner every day, and you know yes. you survive based on those contracts and. Yeah, they come and go and, and you continue to move on. So lots of uh, experience. You know, the other thing, the other aspect of it, too, we talk about credibility, you know, as a retread, you know, former enlisted. Yeah. Uh, so you understand how to talk to the enlisted folk, but then became uh, an officer, you know, a whole different language, different audience. Yeah. And how do you translate the needs between um, the enlisted corps and the officer corps? Uh, so you tend to get uh, a lot more credibility on the enlisted side as well, but better opportunity of, yeah. of being able to approach and, and have them listen to you. Um, but all that experience culminates, right? So you're talking about a bunch of yeah. IT. Uh, in some point, uh, they introduced uh, information security. We call it information assurance. Yep. We call it cyber today, but, um, you know, we still have uh, IA. Um so lots of uh, uh, different things going on. Combat com. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Fun, fun stuff. As a second lieutenant, you know, first assignment as an officer to uh, to go in there, and all of a sudden you're working in a very unique world where you are, you know, responsible to set up com in various areas around the world. BlockFrame technology offers next-generation blockchain-managed trust and security. Unique non-fungible tokens are used to secure software bills of materials to provide data quality and security for every transaction in your supply chain. Deploy advanced peer-to-peer -peer product security, scale zero trust capability to millions of IoT devices, allow vendor tracking and accountability, and rapidly reset from compromise. Unchangeable, time-sequenced blockchain data provides next-generation security using machine learning trust algorithms and audit analytics. Start securing your supply chain today by contacting BlockFrame at www.blockframetech.com. To go in there and all of a sudden you're working in a very unique world where you are you know, responsible to set up comm in various areas around the world. And... Um, you know, I didn't, uh, as a lieutenant, didn't get to join in on a lot of that fun. Right. I was I was the guy uh, training a lot and getting people out the door in the deployment control center. Right. But learned a lot about, you know, uh, what it means to set up a mobile air traffic control tower in the middle of a field and be able to, to control traffic, you know, or oh, yeah. to be able to uh, have SATCOM. You and know, you're the center of the world for everyone. Yeah, <laughs> you're it, you know, and uh, we, we were, I was there at a hard time. Uh, during Cobar Towers bombing when we lost, you know, a, a lot of great Americans. And um, and the 5th Combat Com Group was called on to deploy to Prince Sultan Air Base um, and um, to set up initial comm. And I volunteered, and I thought I was going to get to go. And after getting us ready to go, they said, sorry, we're only taking captains. Okay. Uh, missed that opportunity. But, yeah, still a, a good time in, in Combat Com. A great unit to be part of. Yeah, I had a little bit of experience working with First Combat Com yeah. over at Ramstein yeah. Air Base, uh, right. you know, supporting you know some some missions over there, helping try to solve some problems. Uh, one in particular that's relevant to this conversation was uh, they had uh, they taken the the heavy and the and the and the um, uh, the low band com packages, uh, brought them back to the states and put security on them, put an IDS and put some SIM technology, and then. Sent them back with no training and no yeah. configuration. And guess what? They didn't work. 
<laughs> and so I've got this first lieutenant going, Dr. Murray, what do we do? I'm like, well, so you need to go talk to the commander. Do you want to be successful on the mission? Turn it off. Turn the security off. You'll be successful in yeah. your mission. Or you turn it on and you fail the mission and it makes a point back um, that, hey, we need we need the training. So, of course, the commander did not want to fail the mission. So um, we turned everything off. We did some yeah. lessons learned. Um, you know, but we talk about that culture, right? Yes. Um, nobody wants to step up and tell leadership that, um, you know, we have to get rid of security or disable security or put so much security in, you can't be able to do your job. So right. we got to be able to be that catalyst to, to communicate, right? Um, so lots of different uh, experience, uh, you know, active duty, government guy, uh, defense contractor, big companies, small companies. Synap, tell us about Synap. Yeah, so so Synap was born uh, two and a half years ago, and it really came about when uh, my business partners, uh, Heather Rogers is our CEO, Chris Rogers our CTO, but Chris at the time worked for me, and he approached me with an idea of starting a company that was very agile, um, that was able to you know deliver um, fast and effective solutions for some of the problems that we're facing today. And that was really the focus of our initial conversations because as we know, things in the government often move very slow, right? Yeah. And, and so Chris had been for years um, as part of his Air Force Reserve um, job, focusing on how do we get solutions in the hands of the warfighter, you know, faster, quicker, quicker yeah. smarter, et cetera. Um, <clears throat> so we started, we started Synapse. And like a lot of companies, you know, you face challenges when you begin, right? Funding is often, you know, yeah. it costs a lot to start a company. So Chris started it with 1099 effort. Um, so he did that for about the first year. And then after that, um, we started to be handed some work because he, he performed at a very high level. Um, and companies were recognizing that. And they said, hey, we want you to come join our team. Sure. So we, we, uh, we picked up some work um, doing uh, building out. Uh, TSSCI level wide area networks. And then we did a great job with that with this company, uh, Sierra Nevada Corporation. And they said, hey, uh, we're developing the Dream Chaser space plane. And we'd like you all to come join us and do cybersecurity work on that. So that's it, pretty sweet. It, it's really right? sweet. It's really sweet, Sean. You know, it's an unmanned, currently it's an unmanned um, space plane. It'll essentially be launched into space. We'll fly up to the International Space Station, resupply them, and then fly back and land at Kennedy Space Center. Without so, a, a pulse on board. Without, that's exactly right. And, and we will, uh, you know, we've been working to lock down all of the ground systems, of course, because they're vulnerable, right? Sure. Um, and how do you ensure that a space plane, you know, doesn't get hacked in space, you know? Um, it's definitely a concern in today's world, right? So, So we've worked very closely with them to make sure that things are locked down, that we've done a lot of testing in various areas to, uh, to ensure the, the safety and security of that. Yeah. So, I mean, it's all about doing a good job and, and demonstrating a capability and then, you know, delivering that consistently. Uh, and, and so, you know, look what you're doing. Uh, you're in, you're involved yeah. in some of the newest, most innovative technology. Um, and, that that shifts the discussion to, you know, what sets different companies apart, not necessarily yours or mine, but 
what what do we focus on? What should a company focus on specifically? And you know, some of the things that we talked about uh, leading up to this interview, you know, requirements, um, yeah. you know, frameworks. There's always a compliance element to everything. Culture, staying current. Um, when yeah. when you look at those, what what's your approach when we have the that that conversation? When you've you've got to be relevant. You, you talked about you know fast acquisition. We know the FAR, the Federal Acquisition, and the yeah. DFAR is anti expeditious, right? Um, You know, puts a lot of constraints in there. So we've got to figure out better ways, more efficient ways to do that. Give us your perspective on, on requirements and culture and and innovation. You you know, I think everything I've worked in the development arena a lot, um, especially supporting space efforts. Uh, Requirements are critical that they are clear, unambiguous, Everybody understands what it is we're trying to accomplish. So we have to stop at the beginning of programs, sit down with people, and get that just laid out uh, very clear. With all stakeholders, not just a with couple all, people with, with some money exactly. and some good ideas, right? Yeah, yeah, with everyone that, that's got a stake in the outcome of it, right? To get people to uh, make sure we're all on the same page. Right. So, so easy when you're working in technical fields to say one thing and somebody hears something else. Yeah, the good idea uh, fairy. Exactly. <laughs> you know, but 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 literally it begins with that and then, you know, the designing, the engineering of all of it. Um again, really critical to have these key points in the process to lay out for people to go through that so that if we're if we're not on the right path, if something's not being done correctly with the same mindset in place or you know, if, you know, uh, the government or the customers change their requirements, right? So you're always going to That never happens that. in government. Never <laughs> happens. Yeah, exactly. But but you want to catch those early on. You don't want to get two years into a development process and then all of a sudden you got the, oh gosh, that's not what we wanted. Yeah. You know, you know that's a good point, Pat. And, you know, we're going we're gonna to come right back and we're going to pick up where that conversation is. Uh, This is Sean Murray with the New Cyber Frontier. We're talking to Dr. Pat Laverty, president at Synapp and cybersecurity lead at the GPS integration uh, or engineering and integrations. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. BlockFrame technology offers next generation blockchain managed trust and security. Unique non-fungible tokens are used to secure software bills of materials to provide data quality and security for every transaction in your supply chain. Deploy advanced peer-to-peer product security, scale zero trust capability to millions of IoT devices, allow vendor tracking and accountability, and rapidly reset from compromise. Unchangeable, time-sequenced blockchain data provides next-generation security using machine learning trust algorithms and audit analytics. Start securing your supply chain today by contacting BlockFrame at www.blockframetech.com. Welcome back to the new Cyber Frontier. This is Sean Murray. We have a special guest in the studio, a local guy, uh, Dr. Pat Laverty, uh, President, Chief Operations Officer at Synapp. Uh, cybersecurity lead at the GPS Engineering Integrations. We're talking about some of your history. We're talking about, um, you know, those things you learned along the way, uh, you know, what your company's approach is to different things. And, you know, when you decide based on all the experience that we get and we 
decide to start up our own company because we know that we can do it better. Um, you know, all those things we've been challenged with. If I could have my own company, I would do this. And then you finally do it, right? Um, you know, talk about requirements, um, culture, um, ways of improving the way that we approach uh, different projects. That's always a little bit challenging on the government side, especially when you start talking about, oh, geez, uh, requirements change again. Um, you know, what leads into those types of, of challenges? You know, um, communication is always critical, right? We, we don't talk to our customers enough, enough I feel like, especially uh, in the development arena, or maybe we're talking just the program managers and we're not talking to some of the engineers that we need to be talking to who are really responsible for developing these solutions or understanding them at a different level. Um, but, you know, Sean, as we talk about any of these efforts, right, um, our mindsets have changed over the years, right? Not just information assurance and cybersecurity, but how we implement solutions, right? And and in today's world, everyone's looking for the, the technological advantage, right? And, and as we do that, um, I think sometimes we forget about what it takes to produce not just some of the tools, right? And maybe we're not putting our resources in the right places to develop them. And we're kind of leaving a lot of companies out on their own to developing them when really we need uh, government or, you know, large corporations to kind of take the lead on some of these. Yeah. Um, because again, of the resource cost and all the required for these. But we can't forget about people. Right. It's always going to begin and end with people. You know, I, I, I remember a story when I was a data systems analyst for the Air Force. I remember saying we should automate something. And this is back we were doing a manual processes. I said, let's automate it. Um, so we automated it. But then what I found was that the outcome was was quicker, but people didn't know how to explain it. So the analysis piece of that, right, when you. It's kind of like, well, I'm, I'm able to produce something. This piece of software will give me an outcome, but now I can't explain to you what that outcome is. Right. We were losing that training aspect and of, of growing analysts that way, right? And, and that's one of the concerns that I have now. It's great that we have all the technology. We want to encourage it. We want to embrace it. But at the same time, we've got to be developing our very smart people to, to take advantage of, you know, all the skills and the knowledge and their background. Yeah, and, and there's a there's a gap in artificial intelligence. We were having this conversation yeah. with uh, a, another interview uh, earlier today, and that is, um, you you can't teach the artificial intelligence engine, or it can't self learn a gut feeling. Right. It can't. Right. It it, it there is a certain benefit uh, to having an emotional response, a level of passion, a level yes. of whatever it that may be that you're not going to get from machine learning or from artificial intelligence. And that goes right back to, I think what you're talking about, right? So you've got to hire smart people and not necessarily smart in everything, but smart in a specific discipline that can contribute at a level that's expected uh, and be able to communicate or communicate with the right people that can translate back into business speak. Right. That's That's exactly right. You know, and, um, so that, that brings up another story. So about four years ago, um, I was at a dinner. I was down at Cape Canaveral 
now Space Force Station and out after a good test and a lot of uh, people out to dinner and a lady looked over at me and she said, my son likes computers. And I'm like, okay, I hear this a lot. People, <laughs> right. people want you to, to hire their kids. Right. But, um, I said, well, let me speak to them. All right. Now this, this individual was working on a PhD in molecular biology up in Wyoming. Um, did not have the typical background that companies were looking for. So I started talking to him and after about two minutes was just overwhelmed. Um, by the amount of knowledge that he had, self-taught knowledge. You know, we started talking about fuzzers and all, and I'm like, oh, which ones do you, you know, commercial ones do you use? He says, oh, I write my own. You know, I mean, it was it was this. But, <laughs> a unicorn. Exactly. But, but, but this individual, you know, had tried to get on with some of the large corporations, and they would not even entertain it because he didn't fit in the box, right? They're looking for you to fit in the box, to have, a cybersecurity degree or, you know, a yeah, looking for a different mold, right? Right. You know, and then you realize that as you're going through this and as I tried to get him promoted prior to us starting our company and they're like, well, you know, doesn't have this particular certification. I'm like, but he has all of these technical certs. He's a, you know, extremely solid pen tester and all, you know, Skills that really make a difference. Right. And a lot of our, our systems, whether that's the HR systems, whether it's, you know, the, the contract systems that are looking for specific Contracts, skill procurements, sets, you know, they don't procurements. speak cyber, right? Yeah, they don't. And um, we, we've got to adjust to that because we're missing out on a lot of talent. You know, and it kind of goes to security clearances as well, right? Because when we're looking for people to join up in the Department of Defense, if they don't have a security clearance, Many companies aren't willing to go to bat for right. them and, and, you know, pay them for that short while that you're waiting on a clearance. Sure. Right? Um, I just did one. His interim clearance came, interim secret clearance came through in two weeks. Right. So. I can put you on a project for two weeks. <laughs> exactly. And so our government's getting better at recognizing some of the issues that our contractors are having. Right. That we can't build a solid bench of cybersecurity experts to, you know meet your problems to be able to, to, to meet the requirements um, if you don't allow us, you know, some flexibility in these processes. So, sure. so I'm happy to see, you know, government coming in and working with us um, to, you know, help fix some of these issues. Some of those problems. Yeah. And, and a lot of that comes right back to what we were talking about earlier as well. Culture, right? Culture so culture of leadership, it, yes. it's got to start at the top. You've got to have those discussions with those other business unit functions, yes. such as human resources, such as procurement, contracting. Uh, I remember, you know, we you you talked about it earlier. Um, I was the program manager for um, uh, a di uh, director of logistics um, doing hazmat uh, uh, issuing for the installation. And I was originally hired as the IMO and ISSO, so IMO Information Management Officer, another fancy word for IT guy. Yeah. And uh, the IASO, I was the cybersecurity uh, guy as well, dual-hatted. Mm -hmm. I took over as the program manager when my got, boss got promoted. Well, um, we got – our small company got purchased by a very large uh, company, no longer qualified as small business, so we had to recompete for our contract. Yes. And so um, I wrote in the 8140-8570 um, requirements, mm -hmm. had to have at least a security plus for a certification for the position. And, um, you know, under uh, the DOD 5200, if you're an IT person who has privileged user access to a government network, 
as a contractor, government person, military, you're required to have a single scope background investigation, an SSBI, not necessarily the top secret clearance that goes along with it, but the scrutiny. So you're looking for those Snowdens, right? I wrote all that in, in the proposal and uh, the contracting officer didn't understand any of it, contacted the program manager, the government person said, hey, what's all this stuff that Sean wrote in there? Like, I don't know. So she calls me. She's like, this is a logistics function. I'm like, yeah, but it's an automated one. And so we did not get the contract. And uh, the new contractor goes up to the DUM, the director of information management. Hey, I need my account. So like, well, where's your 8570? Where's your A140 certifications? And where's your SSBI? Yeah. And so he goes, I don't even know what that is. So <laughs> goes back to the contract, goes back, contracting officers is like, oh, crap. Uh, maybe Sean knew what he was doing. What ended up happening in the end, they hired me back for 60 days to put him back on track. Mm-hmm. Because again, going back to your point, you got to talk to HR. They got to know what's going on. Procurement, contracting, all those other areas of the business. It's a culture change. Yes. They've got to understand. They under, they're maybe yeah. experts at what they do, but not necessarily how they integrate with you. Right. And right. your requirements. Again, yeah. it goes back to requirements. It is. And, you know, my, my doctoral dissertation was on leading cybersecurity engineers. Um, it's been 10 years now. And I look at And you're how, still writing it. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> but I look at how the cyber world has changed in 10 years. You know, back then, I remember interviewing a lot of people. And in, in many cases, their leadership did not understand cyber or information assurance right. at all. And I think that's changing. It's not there yet because, you know... We've got the next generation of cyber um, people that are coming in, people that are in their 20s now that grew up with technology, technology that we did not, right? right. Um, and so now, the, you know, people that are in their 40s are leading them, and they have at least some experience with technology. So um, it, the world is changing, right? Right. And I think the big thing is how do we take now this next generation of, of you know, amazing young people, uh, people that are in their 20s that are very technical backgrounds. How do we take them and how do we prepare them for those leadership roles, right? And, um, you know, I, I I always learned the Hershey Blanchard situational leadership model, you know, and I believe situational leadership applies itself to cybersecurity directly, you know, and really understanding what people who are working for you know, what they understand, what level of maturity they are in their technical understanding, their their you know, administrative, their processing of everything. Yep. Um, and that's the leadership style you apply them. That way you know when to be hands-on and when to be hands-off, you know? Yeah, I agree. We're talking to Pat Laverty. Dr. Pat Laverty is the president and chief operations officer at SynApp. Uh, he's also the cybersecurity lead at GPS Engineering and Integration. We're going to come right back and finish up our conversation with Dr. Laverty right after this message. Welcome back to the new cyber frontier. This is Sean Murray. I am talking with Dr. Pat Laverty, President COO at Synap, also the cybersecurity lead for GPS engineering and integration. Yeah, we've had a great conversation. I mean, we could be here all day, all uh, day. right? All day. Um, the, the different things we've experienced over our career that helps lead us into recognizing where we need to make adjustments, uh, culture changes, uh, in, in business units, in the way that we approach things, cybersecurity, information assurance, whatever you want to call it, we are not the people who say no. You know, right. re, you've got to understand uh, how the business operates, 
You've got to understand the people. You got to keep current with everything. Um, you know, something that we have in common. Um, you spent some time um, for a local nonprofit of the oldest and largest cybersecurity uh, nonprofit association in the world, Information System Security Association (ISSA). Um, you were our chapter president for several years. I was. What does that mean to you, as far as you know, that the contributions that ISSA makes? Um, for you know, professional development and, and leadership and these other things that we've been talking about. Yeah, John, so thanks. You know, ISSA uh, is an organization of not just professionals, right? It's a very professional organization, but it's a group of people. You know, right now I think our chapter is 350 people or so, um, goes up and down a little bit. But when, you know, you can gather together with people who are working in a similar field from you and you can, you know, get the experience from them of their situations, that their efforts that they're working. Because when you think about cybersecurity, right, it's such a broad field. Yeah, m- right? multiple disciplines, right? right? Yeah, there's a lot of them, right? You could be working on the software side, you'd be working hardware, you can be working space, you can be working SCADA, you know, utilities. I mean, there's so many different areas. And there's so much to be shared and learned from talking to someone who is working in this field. Right. You know, um, and whether whether a person is new in their career or whether they've been in their career for 30 years, um, ISSA is just a welcoming organization and a, a great place to network, uh, to make contacts in this field and to uh, you know, to get some outstanding briefings and understanding of some very technical professional topics. development, yeah, some professional training, development yeah. through continuing education, CPEs, etc. You know, and, and what I'm I'm proud of, Sean. You know, um, as, as I told you before, you know, when when I became president, I think I was president in 2015 or so to 17, and um, I, I remembered looking out at at everybody at the meeting. Uh, first meeting and realizing that everybody looked just like me. So we needed to... I was one of them. (laughs) Yeah, they did. Everyone, uh, we needed to focus. We needed to reach out to STEM programs. We needed to reach out to colleges. And and we did that. We set up, you know, um, meeting with uh, University of Colorado and Colorado Springs and Regis University and Colorado Technical University and and other schools in the area, and we started meeting with their cyber groups, and we started a program where they could join our chapter, you know, and we would pay for it. We'd have people, organizations, or or people would step up and pay for it, you know. So we, we had that infusion of, you know, college students, people who had been in STEM programs, and that really, I, I think, kind of catapulted us into a, a different organization because we uh, we brought in all of a sudden a bunch of um, young men and young women who had grown up in a you know technology focused world. So it changed a lot of mindsets in the program, and, and it continues to to this day. Well, and one of the things I would notice with the younger generation is you know normally as a parent you're like don't question me, yeah. but now you, you embrace why why are you doing it why yeah. are you doing it this way why are we doing it, it like. Is there a different approach? And so it really makes you step back and think as well. And you've got to be able to embrace the culture of change. We've talked about culture. We talked about change. Yes. And, 
And so the new innovative ways to, um, you know, bring value to that level of membership uh, so we continue on. Um, you know, it, we're at the end of our program. Uh, it's been a great discussion. Like I said, we could go on forever. Parting thoughts, um, Pat, you know, what what's the final message you want to bring yeah. to light to everyone? You know, you know I, I would just uh, tell people to get involved. Um, we've been sitting at home for a couple of years. Yeah. You know, uh, reach out to uh, some professional organizations such as your ISSA. Um, when you're back in the office, take the time to, to talk with people about what they've picked up. You've had a lot of people working at home, developing their own labs and yep. coming up with Playing solutions around. and all this, you know. <laughs> so, so get out there, talk to people about, about what's going on. I'd say in this field, be bold. Be bold. Don't don't be accepting of everything that you hear. Don't don't take it all at face value. You know, look at it and say, does it make sense? And challenge the status quo. And you can make mistakes. It's okay. We, we can, and we have, right? Yep. And the only way we're ever going to get better is we're going to change. We're going to get in there. We're going to study harder. We're going to work harder. We're going to change the status quo. We're not going to be a, a a career field in cybersecurity that says, well, this is the way we've always done it because. If we if we continue to do it that way, yeah. uh, we're going to be in really bad shape, folks. You know? Yeah, this is one of those career fields. I, I enjoy it so much because it changes every day, yes. and I have to change with it to keep up with it. Um, great conversation. Uh, we've been having a great conversation. Uh, New Cyber Frontier with Dr. Pat Laverty, the President, Chief Operations over, Officer over at Synapp. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of New Cyber Frontier. Remember to get involved. Often we think that someone else will handle privacy and security in the virtual world, but you are the only one truly in command of your virtual fate. Join our mailing list so we can keep you informed of breaking news and new releases. If you have an idea, if you have a question that you would like to hear answered, or if you want to get involved with our efforts, reach out to us at newcyberfrontier.com. We also encourage you to visit our sponsors' links as they are the ones that really make this show possible. I want to thank each of you for supporting the show, and we look forward to seeing you back for the next episode of New Cyber Frontier.